0: Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the most dramatic podcast ever. I'm Chris Harrison. Welcome here to what we will affectionately call Studio A, the home office in Austin, Texas. Wherever you are, wherever you find yourself on your journey, you are welcome here. And I just want to say thank you. I want to start off by saying thank you for the response to the first episode. And I hope you have listened to episode one. If you have not, I recommend you hit the pause button, step back, watch episode one, listen to it, take it in. Um, I think the connective tissue to these two episodes is very important and vital to get the feel and the vibe of everything I said in episode one leading into this one. Um, I also want to say thank you to the response. I should have said this in the first episode, but no joke, it was a very emotional moment to get all of that out, and so I, I, I missed a few things, and one I wanted to say was thank you. The response to the trailer that we dropped. We announced this um, connection, this partnership with iHeart Radio about a month ago in mid early December, and this particular show, the most dramatic podcast ever, that I would be hosting and The response from you was incredible and I was blown away and I was so touched and it's never lost on me how amazing all of you are and how loving and I'm sure curious, intrigued by all of this, but to make the trailer of the show, the number four podcast (laughs) in all podcasts and and number one in its category was overwhelming and I just want to say thank you. I am so appreciative, and I I can't wait to see the response to these first two episodes that we are dropping together. And Just to give you a little logistics, um, Lauren and I flew out to San Francisco. That's where we um, actually recorded the first one, just so I could be with the team, the iHeartRadio team. And then now we are back home in our, our beautiful home in Austin, Texas, where Lauren and I have set up shop and made our life. Um, and speaking of, Lauren Zima is going to be joining us just a little bit later. But beyond the response to the trailer, one thing I didn't touch on in episode one is the response from everybody after everything went down. And there were several camps that I will touch on. I I was moved by the crew. Many of the crew members that I've worked with for uh, the better part of two decades reached out, a lot of them. Um, I definitely won't name those names because I know a lot of them still work there and I don't want to create any weird... Attention for them, but I appreciate it. The other interesting thing about the show, and I've said this in interviews before this family and, and friends that I made over the 19 years. And I'm talking about people that came on the show. They, they were either maybe the bachelor or bachelorette or cast members. And then after the show, often we would end up at events together, charity events, helping each other, supporting each other. Um, they would often call me because, you know, being the bachelor bachelorette is a little bit like being shot out of a cannon. All of a sudden, you're just going a thousand miles an hour and nothing has really prepared you from going from, you know, zero your life and wherever you're living to, you know, red carpets and everything that's thrown at you. And so I tried to help and counsel as as best I could when they would reach out and needed it. And that those relationships grew, and and now these families have grown, and we have children that have been born, and there's a lot of pride in that. And early on, a lot of those people reached out. Some spoke out. Um, you know, like a, a, a Catherine and Sean, who I love and adore very much. Um, you know, Ari and Lauren, Brad Womack. It's tough when you start naming names. It's like there's this. I could go for miles of Tristan and Ryan and JP and Ashley and uh, Jaden Tanner and uh, Jojo and Jordan who Lauren and I love so much and Bob Guinea and Andrew Firestone, Ben and Ashley. I know they're not a couple, but you know, they do the podcast together and they actually spoke very highly and, and glowingly of, of this announcement um, last month. And I appreciate Ben and Ashley very much. And Andy Dorfman, I'm so happy she's found love and um, Sarah Heron, who's, going to be a mom and Leslie Murphy who is a mom and and Tenley who is, and so you know and even a guy like Jake Pavelka Jake Pavelka reached out um the guy who helped me coin the phrase everything is about to change um <laughs> Raven and Adam up there Chris Souls uh the miracle man Eric Beeger got to mention him one of my favorite human beings to come through the show that spirit uh he he and I have had some great conversations um since all of this went down and I appreciate it and even those that were critical early on. I'm glad I've gotten to run into a lot of them. Uh, Mike Johnson was, was one who was very critical, outspoken as soon as this happened and understandably so. Um, and we ran into each other ironically in Vegas at an iHeart event and gave each other a big hug, had nothing but love. And and he, I, I very much appreciate he reached out to me while we were sitting there and spending time together and just thanked me for being kind of that big brother and always being there for him and um, it was good to not necessarily make amends because we never got sideways, but just to reconnect and you know, Nick Vial was another one who Nick wasn't really uh strongly against me or, or said anything, but you know I think Nick was one of those among many who probably saw the the blood in the water and and saw the opportunity of a job that would be really phenomenal and i no doubt he wanted that job and but we saw each other at wells and sarah's wedding and and gave each other a big hug saw chris souls there too it was good to see chris and speaking of uh wells and sarah's wedding which was phenomenal a few bachelor people a lot of modern family people um Wells has always been a very. He first of all, he's a good man. He's a very good man and a good friend of mine. Um, he'll never beat me on the golf course, but that's beside the point. He, um, Wells was in a very difficult situation because obviously he was still kind of connected to the show and he was doing stuff on Paradise. But he he was one of the first to reach out to me and just said, "Hey, look, I'm uh, I'm staying out of this. You know, I, I." love you, respect you. And I appreciated that. I appreciated him because if anybody had sights on the job, it could, it easily was Wells and deservedly. So by the way, I, I, I thought to be completely candid that Wells was going to get the job. I thought that was kind of the easiest call since Ken Jennings got the jeopardy job. He's in the family. Everybody loves him. It just seemed like a layup, but um, that's not how it went down. I even told him, I said, hey, man, I, I won't speak out publicly because I don't think that will help you at all. In fact, it would do a lot more harm than good, but I really hope you get the job. I, I think you'd be great at it. Just appreciate him and so many others that have reached out to me um, since that's happened, since I announced I was doing this podcast. It really has been heartwarming. And it's been a wonderful connection for all of us to get back together. Um, there were there were a lot of others that reached out to that I found interesting, um, whether it was celebrities, athletes, um, a late night host. I really appreciated it, and it was just private text messages or phone calls, and it helped as Lauren and I were navigating this. And speaking of. I think it's time for our first guest, the first guest ever in the history of the most dramatic podcast ever. And it has to be the one and only Lauren Zima. This podcast is all about relationships. This is the most important relationship in my life. And she was the only person with me 24 seven, every step of the way during this. So when we return, Lauren and I are gonna talk about our experience and how this affected our relationship. That's next. It took me a while to figure out my mom is more than just a mom. She's got a whole life outside of motherhood. Mary Beth, she is a force to be reckoned with. Successful career, many talents, a great friend group. I could go on and on about my mom. I love her dearly. Well, this Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why I'm sending farm-fresh flowers from Bouqs. That's short for bouquets. And I got you 25% off your entire Books purchase, so you can send some too. Here's why I like Books Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. Books has also made it easy. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th, right around the corner. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, the wife, aunt hey even your grandma go to books.com and use promo code chris for 25 percent off that's b-o-u-q-s.com promo code chris books.com and use promo code chris you like to watch new stuff right well go to hulu and see what's new because hulu has new stuff all the time like vanderpump villa the new docudrama starring lisa vanderpump Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Roosevelt, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. Don't miss the new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. Season 5 promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman. Secrets and Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Navigate easily by powering apps like real-time GPS and voice assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Welcome back to the most dramatic podcast ever with Chris Harrison. And I am here to welcome my very first guest. And it had to be this woman. Three-time Emmy winner. Don't laugh at that. (laughs) I I, I haven't done a podcast in a while. Well, might as well do this one. Okay. On a a scale of one to 10, Mm -hmm. one being the best, that is a day of organizing at the house, just watching Housewives. That's number one. (laughs) 10 would be having to go to 10 football games. So that's the scale. Housewives to football. So 10 is bad. Scale of one to 10. Uh (laughs) (laughs) How excited are you to sit down and have this conversation?
2: I'm very excited to sit down and have the conversation, but I'm also very, I would say that my nerves are at probably a 10. My hands are so sweaty right now. Um, because this, you know, you and I have so rarely done something like this where we're i in when whenever we're in a situation like this, it's happened a few times. It's always who's the interviewer and who's the interviewee, And we lose that a little bit because we both do it for a living. So sometimes we have a bit of a hard time finding our rhythm in these moments because we don't know. It's like dancing when you don't know who's leading.
0: I <laughs> would agree with that. I will say if it, in i'm I'm guessing you as a listener have never had the opportunity to interview an interviewee. Um I'm probably a little more adept at it because at, I I had to at be- interviewing? No, being interviewed, like giving oh, turning yes, the tables. Yes, I am usually <laughs> in control of the moment when I'm hosting and whatever, but I've had the moment turned on me many of time in, in interviews, and that's how we actually met was you interviewing me. And that's one of the things I fell in love with immediately was how brilliant you were and what an amazing journalist and how good you were. Um, and then there was the rest. But I, I I know you have a tough time being interviewed.
2: <laughs> I do. I don't. I'm so used to... I had been... I mean, I was at Entertainment Tonight for, oh, I think, almost eight years. And before that, I was just at other... So I don't know. I've been a journalist for well over a decade. And I've probably been interviewed myself less than five times. So um, yeah, I'm used to asking all the questions. When I was dating, I would always joke that like I would go on a really bad date in my mind, but the person would think it went really well. But that was just because I asked them a million questions because I'm in interview mode. Um, and then my friends really joke with me that when you know they ask me, how are you? I always say, I'm fine. I'm good. How are you? And I turn it back around on them. So I do sort of have a hard time talking about myself and being interviewed. And that's why my palms are dripping. Also I sound so horrible. I'm so sorry everybody. Yeah. I'm kind of sick. I've been sick for a week. I've tested negative for COVID four times, but I just have a very bad um you know sinus infection. So blessings on this holiday season of illness and viral moments.
0: You still look beautiful. Thank you. And you sound amazing.
2: We haven't kissed in a week.
0: And I I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um no, I appreciate you sitting down and and this is something I know that we have talked obviously a lot about everything. Mm-hmm. But one thing we really don't ever get into is how each other felt separately going through all this. And one of the most painful things I said in episode one was affecting you and how this affected you. And that was easily one of the toughest things for me to watch. What was the effect on you initially?
2: I think the hardest part was understanding it because I didn't feel like I was watching you. I know that wasn't you in that interview. I know that it wasn't the way you, you know, felt the, what was being perceived was not how you felt in your heart. And I knew that. And so I was also just mad because I thought, how could you do this? How could you be so messy? How could you not see how you were sounding? But what I quickly realized is that everybody makes mistakes. And to me, the most, including myself, many times, obviously. Um, and to me, the most important thing about a human is, how, is what their intention is and how they react after they make a mistake. And I knew that your intention in that interview was in no way malicious. I knew that your intention was to protect Matt at the time, the bachelor. Um, And after it happened, you were immediately so apologetic and so heartbroken and you wanted to make everything right. So the hardest part is watching somebody who you love be in so much pain and um, knowing that you can't fix it that there's nothing you can do and we tried so many in so many ways to fix everything Um, but that was the hardest part about it all for me that was a very long answer
0: (laughs) but a good one (laughs) was it yeah because I you know I think one thing that is good to to see and explain in a relationship when I think when people could see us or think about us, it's just this, you know, you never know what's going on inside someone's house. And this was not an easy thing to go through. We, had, you know, we had just gone through the pandemic, like everybody, and we became one of those pandemic couples of, of like, well, be together or break up the pan. You know, you're either living together or you're, we were
2: never thinking about breaking up. No, no, no.
0: I mean, during the (laughs) pandemic, you know, I think a lot of people you had to quarantine together or not. And so we were one of those couples that definitely in the pandemic, we quarantined together. We moved in together. And so we had just gone through. It
2: definitely accelerated our relationship.
0: Yeah. And so we went through that stressful time right into this, um, which was, you thought the pandemic was stressful. This was, you know, tenfold. And so, I don't ever want to give people the impression that you and I just breeze through this. It was very difficult. And yeah, we had arguments. We battled. Um, Lauren comes from a long line of lawyers, so they love to debate. (laughs) They're very honest. But I appreciated that. And I needed that because I think far too often you end up in an echo chamber and that's how you get in trouble is you just surround yourself Mm -hmm. by yes men, yes women who just say exactly what you want to hear
2: but i have so many regrets about how i advised you at that time um i mean i don't know if i could have i don't think i could have done a better job because for me you know you'd been famous for almost 20 years you know 15 years at least when we first started dating um i Worked at Entertainment Tonight. People, Some people knew me from my bachelor recap show, Roses and Rosé, that I started. Um, but I was not on the same level by any means. And I'd certainly never been through any type of scandal. So it was all very new to me. And it was a trial by fire of this unprecedented time in all of our lives, the stress of that And this added. So I don't think I could have done a better job in advising you. I I was just doing the best I could with the information I had at the time. But I do have regrets about some of the things that I suggested or the sounding board that I was at the time.
0: What Anything in particular?
2: Um, You talked about asking your brother to take that letter down. I know that I advised you to have him take it down. I was coming from a place of worrying about what it would do to him, and I didn't want any i mean you know I've said this to friends. This was not the saddest thing I've ever been through in my life i I lost my dad when I was twenty two my sister was nineteen, my brother was fourteen that was really hard. It ripped my family apart, and it changed me forever as a person um, but this was the most stressful thing I've ever been through for sure um I also have the perspective of at the end of the day, I believe that if everybody you love is healthy, then you are blessed. And we had well more than a roof over our heads. Like we were okay. So I kept that perspective throughout everything, but it wasn't easy to have people DMing you to or me to die, um, to kill ourselves, to uh, that we're horrible, to. Um, you know, that was all really hard and I was worried about that coming for your brother. So I, but then to hear, you know, you say that you felt like asking him to take that down fundamentally affected you and made you question yourself, um, is hard to hear. I, I look back on the statement that I put out at the time and i wish i'd done it differently there was a longer version of it where i said i know who chris something like i know who chris is as a person and i know that he you know did not mean to come across that way or i, I can't remember exactly what i said but there was a longer version where i defended you more and i was advised <laughs> you talked a lot about being advised i was advised cut that out like, keep it shorter. Just keep it short. You have to release a statement, so just get it out and, like, keep it short because um, that's going to be better. It'll create less less problems. Um,
0: and I was a part of that conversation.
2: Yeah, but because, I wish I hadn't.
0: <laughs> I know. And and I, I, I know that and I knew that, but also you said something that I firmly believe, and you and I say this all the time. You can only make the best decision in the moment with what you know in that moment and how you felt. We were making split-second decisions.
2: But I do think one takeaway I have from all this, one thing I've learned is that you're not going to make everybody happy. I wish I'd read less comments. I wish I'd... You feel like you should be reading the comments and reading the coverage because you want to be aware of the situation. And also, you know, the viewers of the show are so important to you and to me too, That we wanted to make sure we were trying to do right by people and to make things right. So we were trying to listen um, to everybody, but that also kind of messes with your head. And especially it's that thing of, and I think everybody who's on social media knows this you can hear 10 nice things, but if one person tells you you're horrible or tells you to harm yourself, that hits you a lot harder. so I wish that I hadn't listened to that as much because I I maybe would have thought a bit clearer. Um, and the big takeaway is that you have to feel good. You have to feel good about who you are and you have to think years from now, am I going to feel like what I did represented the person I want to be? Mm-hmm. So that was what I learned. Um, I don't think that that statement was full enough to represent who I am. And so I wish I'd, I'd left those extra bits in no matter what ended up getting said. Because like I said, you're not going to make everybody happy. <laughs> no,
0: if you try and please everybody, you end up pleasing no, everybody. No, we
2: all see that all the time. I and mean, a so mom could post a photo with her new baby and somebody's going to say, but where are your other kids? And right. um, then she could post a photo with her other kids and somebody will say, God, you're really exploiting your children. So there's nothing you can do to fully satisfy all.
0: Just announcing this podcast, didn't even really say anything. Announcing this podcast a month ago, there was people that had something to say, right? Because you have to. Because what is the use of an article that says, "Hey, I'm I'm really excited about this. I'm <laughs> curious to hear what he's going to say." You're never going to see that article in a tabloid or on a podcast or whatever. You, well, that's not true. Like Ben and Ashley and people like that who are actually good people. Like, would, but you're, would but go it's there. not
2: what catches fire. Right. As much. Exactly.
0: Yeah. It's not the clickbait. It's not whatever. And so, you know, the. The vocal kind of minority that you see on social media or whatever, it is, it's is—it's easier said than done to ignore that and let it go because the majority of like once we announce this and the people that the outpouring of love and support and, you know, as you've traveled around, we've traveled together and so many people come up to us and we love that. And and honestly, they usually push me aside just to get to Lauren Zima and I get no, that. They <laughs> <laughs> um, but no,
2: they don't. And I, I
0: we've loved that. And it meant a lot.
2: Well, one of the first things I saw when we started dating, you told me very early on because people might come up to you and ask for a photo when we were having dinner. I remember you telling me, I always take the time for every person who comes up to me because I owe all of my success to these people. And you care about the fans and the viewers so much. Um, So... You know, I I in part say that to say that was what made all this so hard as you talked about in the first episode was how much you love everybody. And and
0: trying you and I trying to figure out what was the best way to go about reaching those people. And that's what was so difficult. We didn't have this podcast. I wish, you know, good or bad, I think there is this new model that I saw and it's not whether you agree with them or not. It's just what I saw when whether it was Joe Rogan or Dave Chappelle speak out when they were going through similar type things publicly, they had a platform. Um, and I saw that and I was like, damn, I wish I could rewind six months. This is what I would have done. I would have sat down here with you and with you at home to have this conversation and to be able to just to speak to you directly because you're the ones I care about. You're the ones that matter.
2: Well, I think you were caught in a perfect storm for going through a moment where you made a mistake. And by that I mean, you know, when somebody who has their own podcast or their own show does it, they can take ownership of that, they can speak out. I mean, especially if they own that property. We were both advised to stay quiet. You were told to stay quiet. <laughs> um and what's so hard about that? Is first of all, it's not genuine. You know, people were used to you talking to them. And so that made the whole thing even worse and more jarring. But I think the hardest part is that while you might think it's the right thing to stay quiet, what ends up happening is that other people fill that silence, other people speak for you. And I think that very much happened and created a snowball that kept growing bigger and bigger and bigger until it was an avalanche. And you were also caught up in the perfect storm of, like you said, people who <laughs> wanted your job, who had podcasts of their own though, where they could speak out every week. Um, and the show still having so many episodes to air. So the conversation kept getting brought up and brought up and brought up. I've thought a lot about how, you know, somebody who might be an actor who does something, their movie comes out and maybe they say something bad in an interview. And then they can kind of go away for a while <laughs> and come back and, and do another movie later. Um, but this was being brought up over and over and over again. And I was on a nightly news show and we were covering it every night. And it um, made me look at my own industry very differently too. I was very much on the other side of it. <laughs> this has also all reminded me of how much gray area there is. Like there, as you've said, there are people at the show who you still love so much. There are people at the show who are very problematic still. And... um for me, you know, I, I, I look now at, I always, when I was covering the show, I'm not saying I didn't try to find the dirt because I did. It's part of the whole machine. But I never wanted to, I mean, I always was running an article where I felt like it was well-sourced. I had reported the truth. What I realized in seeing the coverage of this was that maybe, unfortunately, even when journalists might think they're reporting the truth, there are versions of the truth. It's not the whole truth. I saw. I remember. I saw one source. A source said that you were calling people begging for your job, and I know that that never happened. I think maybe people see. Um, maybe their source is an assistant who's heard half of a phone call from another room, and so the version that we get of the truth of what journalism is supposed to be—the first draft of history. Gets pretty whittled and watered down. So well, that was and in the this day moment. and age.
0: That's all it takes, right? One, yeah. One article. Somebody says something. Someone can write an article, and then someone else can write it. And so by the third article, that that journalist, and I hate to use that word in this <laughs> in this particular instance, because they've done no work. They have not sourced anything, uh, much less have three of them. But they don't even have one. They, their source is another article. Um, that's not journalism, by the way. You cannot do that but they do. And it it's what happens now. Um, you'll see the same article just kind of be regurgitated over and over and over. And for you and I to remain silent when we saw a lot of people would, I mean, honestly, just flat out lie. And they wanted to insert themselves in this story. And they would talk about things they didn't know about. And you and I remained silent. We did not speak. This is the first time that you and I have spoken at all about this publicly. And that, as I said, in episode one was a difficult thing for me. And I, I imagine it was just as difficult for you.
2: Yes. Um, and I guess what's coming to my mind right now is something I haven't ever talked about, but which was ending my recap show, roses and Rosé, um, which was such a joy in my life for me. Um, how I felt about my job changed a lot after I stopped that because I realized that was really what I got so much happiness from. I wasn't ready to end that show. Um, one thing in looking at the interview and in seeing how you've been in the past year and a half since it's all been over is I've realized how frustrated you were (laughs) at work. Um, you know, I still, when I, and I can't really go back and watch that interview because just cause it's, it brings back so much, but I think one realization I've had is that you... People felt like... Oh, is this a side of him I've just never seen? No. What that was, was... It wasn't the truth of you. It was a very frustrated, burnt out, tired version of you. Um, and you are so rarely that. I, Chris never gets mad. He doesn't... Uh, it really gets sad. He, you are the person who's always trying to be strong for everyone around you. Sometimes to the point of some of our conflict comes from me saying, but how do you, like, you tell me your emotions. How do you feel? Are you upset? I mean, you won't even tell me if you're sick. Um, you're like, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm like, are you? Because you're, you haven't gotten out of bed. No, 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 I'm good. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, okay. But I think in that interview, you were, you know, you'd been filming in quarantine. You'd had, we'd had stretches of I think three months where I didn't see you, where you didn't see the kids, and some of that had been used against you. Um, I think it I think it was purposely leaked that you left quarantine to move your son into college, and I know that that hurt you, that it was kind of um something that got weaponized against you, and you were just trying to be a good dad. I know you were so worried that this controversy was happening about around Rachel Kirkconnell and, and you wanted her and Matt to not break up. You wanted Matt to be okay. You didn't want Matt to be going through all this. So all that frustration and exhaustion went into that interview. And I really saw that you were really tired of a lot. So there were many reasons that you were really frustrated going into that interview and being in that position again, where you had to defend the show, where no one was helping you defend the show. No network executives uh, were out there speaking out. Um, and there you were yet again. So I started I started going on all this because I I think I saw a very burnt out version of you. Part of my frustration with you, though, was that I... I was mad that even though you were, you know, I I don't think I realized at the time how burnt out you were, but I was mad that you messed up in part because I wasn't quite as done yet. I was loving doing my show, Roses and Rosé. I was having fun. And um, when everything happened, I knew that I couldn't do that show anymore. Um, Ultimately, the reason I decided not to do that show anymore, and I'm talking about it for the first time, and I, I feel so bad because I've gotten so many wonderful messages from people saying... I miss Roses and Rosé. I miss laughing with you every week. And oh my gosh, that was what I loved about it. Whether it was about The Bachelor or something else, I just loved laughing with people every week and connecting with them and having fun and, and feeling like maybe I gave them a bright spot in their week that made me happier than anything. But ultimately, the reason I stopped doing that show, um, I I wasn't told by my job that I had to stop doing it. I stopped because I could not live with myself Covering the franchise like that anymore. I couldn't celebrate it in the same way, knowing everything that I know now.
0: Yeah. I I know it was hard to find humor in it. And we we had talked about that before, long before actually any of this happened. You said it's getting harder and harder. That's true. To find the love and humor in it anymore.
2: It was getting harder to have fun with it.
0: Yes. Speaking of fun, let's take a quick break. And come back and have fun. (laughs) We'll be back. More fun with Lauren Zima right after this. It took me a while to figure out my mom is more than just a mom. She's got a whole life outside of motherhood. Mary Beth, she is a force to be reckoned with. Successful career, many talents, a great friend group. I could go on and on about my mom. I love her dearly. Well, this Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why I'm sending farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And I got you 25% off your entire Books purchase so you can send some too. Here's why I like Books Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. Books has also made it easy. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th, right around the corner. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, the wife, aunt, hey, even your grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code Chris for 25% off. That's dot com. promo code Chris. Books.com and use promo code Chris. Don't miss the new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. Season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman. Secrets and Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Navigate easily by powering apps like Real-Time GPS and Voice Assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work stream shows or finish homework without missing a beat discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash wi-fi don't let connectivity roadblock your journey always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted wi-fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation compatible device and vehicle required Welcome back to the most dramatic podcast ever. I am sitting here with my beautiful fiance Lauren Zima, and we have been talking for about the last half hour about
2: one of the worst times in our lives. <laughs> one of the I worst times. Our
0: lives. What couple believe. does this? This is like therapy in a really horrible way. I
2: can't believe you said before the break. We'll be back with more, more fun. Yeah,
0: let's just. You know, I'm. Not,
2: I'm. I'm. This is. I'm not should do very this, Fun.
0: We should do this every night. We should sit down, open a bottle of wine, and just rehash all of this every night.
2: Look, I really, I will say this just again from the <laughs> bottom of my heart. I love you. And I do. Honestly, when, even in losing my dad, I see silver linings that came out of that. Um, as much as it ripped my family and I apart, it made me closer with them. It made us me a stronger person. It gave me perspective on life at a young age. And as hard as this has been, First of all, I understand that there are people I am oh, I feel grateful every night because uh, there are people who have gone through so much worse than this. If whatever higher power there is said to me, do you want to go through all this again or do you want someone you love to be sick? Oh my gosh, I would take this a million times right. over. I'm I'm fine with this. Um and a silver lining of it is that it really made me see your everything about who you are as a person. I mean, if you want a way to, (laughs) to know that you're with the right person, I, I, you go through something traumatic and you Mm -hmm. see who they are and how they step up and what they do. And and that shows you their true worth.
0: No, this would have either broken a couple up or it, or it brings you more together. And I've, I've, I said in episode one, I, I love and adore you and, and admire you even more than I did before. And, you know, my grandmother, my, my late great Jewish grandmother, uh, Mimi, always said to me, find somebody, surround yourself with people who are equal or better than you. Mm. And that's Lauren Zima.
2: I, thank you for saying my last name every time. Um, when LZ. we get married. I by won't... the way,
0: I, you know what? People always say, oh, do you, you know, people call you Chris Harrison. That actually does happen. <laughs> I don't call Lauren, Lauren Zima. I don't even call you Lauren. I call you LZ usually. Um, so LZ. Uh, is, well, I love my last is name, is, and is, when we get
2: married, I'm not changing it.
0: No, I'm I'm changing mine, <laughs> Cz. Um, but it it definitely brought us closer together because you will find out what people are made of in yeah. these moments in life, and that is a blessing. And as I said in episode one, it doesn't come in a beautiful little you know box under the tree. It it sometimes slaps you upside the head, and that's what it was for us. But the bond we built and how and and i know we both go back you said oh we could have done this we could have done this we should have done this you know you you can play monday morning quarterback all throughout your life you especially do it in moments like this when everything is under a microscope on such a grand scale and we do you still go back you, if, if you're a you know intelligent person you think back of like you know i could have navigated this better i could have done this um, but at the end of the day we made decisions together and we stuck with them you know, for example, I quit watching TV. I quit reading stuff. I wasn't looking into that. You were the filter. You were dealing with it in Entertainment Tonight. And so you kind of let me know, hey, this person's speaking out about you, this person. And and you kind of let me know what I needed to hear because it was drinking from a fire hydrant. And you were able to kind of brush that away and, and kind of help me drink from a water fountain, mm. which is a lot more palatable. And so There were things that both of us did in in any relationship. And again, this, this pod will move on. It will be fun. It's going to evolve into amazing things about relationships. And one thing you will always learn in a relationship is it's not always, you know, no pun intended, fantasy suites and hot air balloon rides. It's tough. And you go through these moments and at times you are the weak one. At times you are the, the strength at times you're carrying the weight of two and at times you are you know a a mush and a mess and so at times all throughout the day Lauren and I would switch those positions we you were you were the caretaker and then you were this and so we had to be there for each other and, and it forced us to build a bond that is um unbelievable and I'm grateful for that as you said it's the silver lining
2: but one thing i think made me fall in love with you even more was that you never, I mean, I, in all this, there were moments when I was worried about myself and my career. And like I said, I was mad at you. I don't think you were ever worried about yourself. I never heard you say my career, my future. You were so upset with yourself, so beside yourself. watching you not eat and not sleep was really hard. And again, cause I couldn't fix it. Um, but you put, you were always worried about your family. I mean, maybe just being able to provide for everybody. Um, and what I heard you say over and over again, and I think sometimes to your detriment, you didn't like worry about how you were uh, coming across Is you were trying to do right by the show. And that was because you were worried about the crew, the producers, the, I don't know, 150 people who work on it. And you were so worried about the show staying alive because you didn't want any of those people who you knew and loved to be in any kind of financial jeopardy. Um, so you were. <laughs> uh, now I'm thinking about the GMA
0: interview. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there someday. But look, to your point,
2: you were you were putting the show above yourself and um that made me fall in love with you even more because uh it was very hard to watch you be defined by this one thing i don't think anybody again we're all going to make mistakes and i don't think that anyone deserves to be to have their entire life defined by one moment um especially when they're sorry, and they messed up and they know it. Um, If we don't have redemption, then what are we all doing? Um, And I think the problem is that, you know, you were somebody who really like, in terms of your personal life, stayed out of headlines for the most part over those 20 years. You, you know, there are celebrities who are constantly involved in scandals and drama and then they like to stay in the headlines and it's part of their career. And you really didn't do that. Um, And a lot of the good things you did, as a journalist, I can tell you, don't make for very interesting headlines. No. Um,
0: <laughs> hey, he's a dad who's coaching his kid's soccer team. Right. There's a good headline. Uh, <laughs> um, the, the beauty of my life is that this doesn't define me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. If it defines me to you, that's on you. That's not on me. And th- my life, and this is what helped me leave the franchise and leave the show is because I've never defined myself by that. I was proud of it. It was something I did. It's something I spent a large part of my professional life building and doing. And that was awesome. But I've never defined myself by that. I've always defined myself by what's important. And I preach this to my kids. I preach it to you. What's important? Who's important? You know, my family, my friends, my faith the things that I lean on, the things that I truly care about, that is the character of a man or woman. That's what defines you. And so if you take away a job and it it was a profession, it was something I, a career, I loved it. And I still love it. I love TV. I love producing. I love creating. So that part was neat, but you know, I didn't wake up and go, I'm Chris Harrison, bachelor host. I'm, I would much more say I'm, you know, LZ's fiance and father of two and friend to many mm-hmm. like that's, that's what I'm proud of. And at the end of the day, I know when I'm lying on my deathbed, um, I'm not going to be thinking about rose ceremonies or anything I did on you know. the show. I'll be, you know, hopefully surrounded by those that I love. Um, I was going to say something crude there and I won't, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that had to do I with would you. say to anybody,
2: God, I know, you know, business is personal. Our jobs are personal. And because we're passionate about our careers, they take up a lot of our time. I mean, I know that the show-
0: Especially when you're dealing with the arts. And this is kind of in in, in that vein of your life is in it, right? Your heart's in that when you are
2: a part of it. It's more than a job. And the show for you was time away from your kids. I mean, one thing that's been, again, a silver lining about the past year and a half is you got to go to you know, your daughter Taylor's senior musical. You'd never gotten to go to a play. Um, you'd had you would have to go and watch a rehearsal. And, you know, that was how you'd like go see a rehearsal and get to see it. But, you know, when the actual show was, you were off filming. Um, and I know you give everything to your kids and they love you so much and you're such a great dad, but your work was still time away from them. And so in the past year for, to see you be able to go to josh's lacrosse games when you want and go see taylor's plays and go visit them at college um
0: has been uh, a you, blessing you're very
2: you're you're much happier to me
0: <laughs> one of the great things about being the host and, and being a part of that franchise for so long is when people come up to us they'll have these amazing stories about the only time i talk to my You know, mom, or my daughter, or I connect with my dad is on Monday nights, and we watch the show and we talk about it, or we call each other on Tuesday mornings. Lauren and I were just at the airport here in Austin, and we were flying somewhere. I don't know where we were going, and she went off to get something, and I was sitting there by myself. And this guy came up to me. I kind of saw him, you know, staring at me. You kind of notice you get that kind of weird radar, and uh, and he came up, and he he's like, you know, Chris Harrison, do you mind if I have a seat? I said sure. You know, how you doing? And nice guy. And he tells me this story about, and I, I notice he has a picture of this girl on his shirt. And he says, Hey, this is my daughter. And she just passed away. And just so you know, she was sick for quite some time. And on Monday nights, we would all gather and we would watch The Bachelor. And that was our connection. And that's how, that's how we escaped. And that's how she escaped. And it was a couple hours of sanity, escapism, and relief from what she was going through. And he said, I just want to thank you. And that was it. And I will end on this today because if nothing else ever came from my silly job, this show, that is what I did it for. And I hear those stories all the time. And that's what touched me. And that's why I'm so grateful for all of you. And I'm grateful that you took the time to listen today. And I'm unbelievably grateful for this beautiful woman sitting next to me, Lauren Zima, I love you, um, who has the Emmy, one of the three, sitting over her head. Um, But I am so grateful and thank you for sharing. I know this is something you have not been looking forward to. I appreciate your time and your love and your support and for all of you again thank you and next week next episode we're gonna (laughs) this might be a big mistake i want to hear from you all of you so leave your comments below on your podcast network you can reach us on instagram um the most dramatic pod ever is our handle the most dramatic pod ever Um, You can reach me on my Instagram, as always. Leave me comments, questions. The good, the bad, the ugly. As I said before in this episode, this is not about sitting in an echo chamber. This is not about hearing your own voice and having your ideas repeated to you. That is not helpful. That's never been helpful. And I've never wanted that, nor should you. And so let's get into it. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time because we have a lot more to talk about. You like to watch new stuff, right?